1: Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the
2: Geek buddies huh? hey! hey.
1: I can already tell Shannon's not using the Ethernet core that I sent him, so uh, we're we're stumbling around and figuring out. I those am those... using the it's plugged in. You can mm-hmm. see it right there. Did know, you Mikey, turn off your it's...
2: internet? Did you turn off your Wi-Fi? He's gonna, he's gonna disappear. Watch. He's like, what's a Wi-Fi? Oh,
1: look how much more clear you are. Wow, incredible! All right, good stuff. Here we are it's back. It's been at- a minute since I've
2: used one. Ladies, Give me a break, ladies and gentlemen. Shannon is not the guy that you want in the chair in your superhero movie. Just so we're, <laughs> he's not the guy in the chair. Not Peter, the just calm down. I'll get there when I get there.
1: what is technology anyway let's let's get in we have a lot to get into today uh thank you all so much for joining us for this and uh, we're excited to be talking about a lot of topics we got some trailers to jump into we've got some state of marvel stuff to talk about um we've got some barbenheimer updates and uh, our main topic today is going to be our discussion on the big uh, news that uh, yesterday that dropped with uh uh donald and stephen glover Uh, Coming back to uh, Star Wars to write a Lando series and what that all could mean and if it's even going to happen. So, a lot to discuss here on the channel, but let's, or on the show, let's introduce ourselves first, though. My name is John Rocha. I'm the uh, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies. Or A. Hi, I'm Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon
0: McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer, where you can see season three of Strawberry
1: Shortcake, Barry in the Big City. Every weekend on YouTube. <laughs> oh, good job. Good job. Um, and I'm just going to warn you all right off the bat. I am struggling today. So uh, if I say stupid shit or fall down or pass out in the middle of the show, just know that uh, that's what's happening. So um, should, we, uh, th- should,
2: we run, should we run that disclaimer every week?
1: <laughs> you know what? Smartass? <laughs> no. Where um, <laughs> <laughs> do we start? We Is it me starting or are you starting? I forget. No, it's, me starting? it's me starting. All right, Shannon, take it away. <laughs>
0: With trailers, 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 we're closing in on the end of the summer. But before we get to the fall, we get to see Strays. This is the second trailer for this, you know, for this comedy. It's going to be coming out at the end of August. Uh, You know, this first trailer came out and I think the three of us definitely found it very very funny i mean this stars the voices of will ferrell jamie fox randall park uh will forte in the in the uh, human lead as our antagonist um again this is uh more uh more dogs cursing made me laugh gentlemen what did you think of our second or maybe it's our third look at strays
1: johnny why don't you take it away Yeah, I was really surprised that this was only a minute and 25 seconds. Like for a third trailer or a second trailer, as you said, to get people excited for this movie, um, I just was really surprised that it was so short. That being said, nothing I've seen from this film has not made me want to watch it. It looks funny. It looks hilarious. And certainly with uh, no hard feelings and a couple of other uh, comedies that have come out over the last few months trying to have a little bit of a harder edge. It's nice to see something like this come out that looks like it's actually going to be funny from beginning to end and i've had a couple of people who've gotten early screenings of this and have told me that it's actually incredibly funny so the fact that the trailers are already showcasing some of the jokes and i can't get over the eagle taking him out of the uh, off of the off of the <laughs> ground i mean that just that works for me every time in every one of these trailers it's just so out of the blue it's hilarious but then you know got dennis quaid in this trailer so a little bit more with him is fun to see him so he's going to be a balance kind of like with Wahlberg and um and well, no, will ferrell and his dad in that uh, dad's movie or whatever it was you the counter to have the more kind of historically manly dude countering the dude who's kind of mess, messing up his life is a funny trope to use in comedies nowadays so actually doesn't i don't think it's it's not going to be used well in this movie so overall like the trailer very funny stuff love that it's r-rated uh and i'm excited to see it and people love dogs so blah 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 why not
0: mikey what do you think
2: Um, listen, I didn't need this trailer. I was already going to see the movie, but anytime you put Dennis Quaid in a trailer talking about himself in the third person, it's not, not funny. Uh, it's like the capper on that. Like, like John said, we've seen, we've seen Jamie Foxx get scooped up by that Eagle a couple times now. Still funny. But then having Dennis Quaid say, that's some crazy shit. And I'm Dennis Quaid and I've seen some crazy shit is really just the cherry on top of that joke. So, um, I'm 100% in. I think it looks like a ton of fun. This is definitely a go have maybe one too many drinks with your friends. Go into the theater and laugh your ass off. Maybe smoke a a little uh, vape pen. Maybe smoke a little vape pen before you go in. It's totally a dude night.
1: Our old school dude nights. This movie would totally fit for that
0: for sure absolutely and who knows maybe we'll have a resurrection of those dude nights on august 18th when strays hits theaters wait a minute
1: you have to chime in too what did you think of the fucking trailer did you like it or not i thought i I did i thought it was funny i mean i
0: I think i think vogel kind of put it best like we didn't need this trailer like the the audience that is going to see this movie is going to see this movie i don't think the inclusion of dennis quaid is going to move the needle for anybody (laughs) um but i think your the audience for this movie like the moment that first teaser hit, we yeah. knew who we were. <laughs> um, so, but but to what you said, John. I mean, uh, some of our R-rated comedies recently have not done as well. Yeah. Um, and, and even though I'm known as the uh, prudish geek buddy, I like I like a good uh, I like a good dirty movie. I think it's funny. Yeah. So august 18th okay calm down (laughs) august august 18th strays will be hitting theaters um our next using violence good yes go ahead what's what's (laughs) our next film is the uh third entry into the kenneth brana uh hercule poirot series a haunting in venice um so this one again has another all-star cast with uh Kelly Riley from Yellowstone, Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, Academy Award winner Michelle Yeoh, and Tina Fey, Liz Lemon, from 30
2: Rock. (laughs) Whoa.
0: (laughs) The first trailer.
2: It's too bad bad we can't uh, suss out your opinion from that uh, lineup. Uh, the first trailer, you know, I thought I thought was
0: interesting. I mean, this this is this is tantamount to like Sherlock Holmes dealing with the supernatural. Um, Hercule Poirot, a man who is a a, a, a thinker, uh, being thrust into a supernatural situation, I think sounds really fun, and I think a lot of this trailer works really well. But the inclusion of Tina Fey is a little hmm for me. I think most of these movies. Um, uh, what? Uh, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, and uh, is it a Death in Egypt? A Death in Cairo? Death in uh, the Nile? The death, death on the Nile. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> I, death I in love. Cairo. <laughs> well, it's in Egypt. <laughs> I couldn't remember where.
1: <laughs>
0: um if They were on the Nile. I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I love what these movies want to be, if yeah. not quite what they're not quite getting there. Um, for me, at least, but I'll throw it over to you all, uh, Mikey. Let's start with you. What did you think of our first look at a haunting in the canals? I mean, a haunting in Venice.
2: <laughs> I mean, Murder on the Orient Express was fine. I think. I mean, I remember when we reviewed the trailer, and it like it had that movie star appeal. Like this feels like going to the movies back in the '80s and '90s when you went to go see movie stars, and it was fun. It was an enjoyable movie. It didn't knock my socks off. Death on the Nile. I don't think no. <laughs> it was. It was it was a journey. <laughs> something died. I think it was that movie. Like it did not and people blame the pandemic and people blame that but uh yeah, it was it was uh there was enough wine to fill the Nile. Like it was it was something. This one I, you're I don't disagree with you. Like you look at the trailer like okay, murder mystery, supernatural, what's really going on? Michelle Yeoh looks awesome. Tina Fey showing up and going, "Hey, I'm the smartest person I know, so I decided to go to the second smartest. It's not that she's doing a bad job. I just think that this is – there's this thing with TV actors and actresses. I think we talked about this on the drive back from Comic-Con. There's a thing from TV actors and actresses, and some of them can make that jump to to movies, and some of them can't. And it has nothing to do with talent. It has right. everything to do with you're used to seeing these people in your living room. You feel like they're your buddies, and when they really push into, I'm going to go into a period piece or I'm going to stretch, some of them, like George Clooney jumped from TV into movies as smoothly right. as anything and did all this stuff. I'm like, yep, it works. Others, you're kind of like, I don't know. And so I couldn't tell you might know better than me, Shannon and John, because you both uh, do more acting. But like, I, I didn't see anything in Tina Fey's performance that I could point to to be like, that wasn't right. But just seeing her in that thing, I was like, eh. Okay, me. I we'll see. So I don't know. Yeah, my I mean, my bar for these movies in general is pretty low. So I'm like kind of yeah. like okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah,
1: I liked *Murder on the Orient Express*. I like Brana. I'm am a, a Brana stan. I'm never gonna apologize for that. I, I I go see just about everything that he's in if he's in it or he's directing it. I like to uh, patronize it. I liked uh, *Murder on the Orient Express*. *Death on the Nile*. Yeah, a little bit less so, but I didn't hate it as much as other people did. Because I still enjoyed the direction of Brona and what he was doing in there. So, and I like a good murder mystery, and I like these this vibe of getting this cast again. But look, we're on the third film of these, and I mean Shannon's being really nice by saying all star cast. This is like Dancing with the Stars season fifteen. Look, no offense, wow. Kelly Riley is not the lead of Yellowstone. Emma Laird is not the lead of Mayor of Kingstown. Jamie Dornan yeah sure we saw him in Belfast the kid from Belfast is in this as well Michelle Yao is the one that is really kind of what are you doing here now after everything so it isn't the level it isn't the level I I think the the cast has gotten a little less prominent with each one of these series so I'm not that excited to see this one particularly but I will still go because I like uh, Brana and I think (laughs) Tina Fey leading the trailer Mike, you're 100% right. Shannon, you're 100% right. It doesn't feel right. You know, and I know uh, I've said this for years. And, and I get I, when I worked at Collider, I worked with somebody who was really upset about the fact that I would say this. But there is a difference between TV actors and film actors. And there are some TV actors who can make the jump, but not everybody can make the jump. As you said, Clooney, Denzel, Washington, they can make the jump. Tina Fey has been a lead in feature films, Baby Mama, what have you. So she can do it occasionally. But something like this, it radiates how out of place she is in something like this. And that show that's not something that works well for your brand overall. But you know what? They offered her the job. Why wouldn't you take it? It's probably a fun little role. And we'll see what she does with it. But from what we saw in the trailer, it doesn't make me excited to see her in this movie, even though I love Tina Fey. And the rumor yesterday from the New York Post is that she is in line to take over for Lorne Michaels to run SNL. So... Like her being in a movie like this, really, it's irrelevant with what she's actually uh, career-wise might be doing next. So you know, so but I'm in. I'm still going to see it.
0: As am I. Um, uh, in in when she did that film with Margot Robbie and Martin Freeman, Whis- whiskey tango foxtrot. Oh yeah, like that 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 was a that was a lighter film, but it did have heavier moments. And like some of that. Um, some of that dramatic weight was placed on her shoulders and I don't think she, I don't think she got there. I don't think, I think she is a incredibly funny writer. She's a very funny performer, but that idea that, that the best dramatic actors are comedians. I I don't think that, I don't think that holds true for everyone. And I think we're kind of seeing some of that in this trailer. Like I think the writing is actually pretty good and I think it's pretty entertaining, but there is just something like, ah, like, again, it's not something I can put my finger on and say, Hey, you're, you're you're doing this technical thing incorrectly. It's just like, nah, you just you just don't have you just don't have this yeah. for me. Um, but again, it, oh, go go for it, Vogel.
2: No, I mean, look, I, I like I, I like to anyone who's listening that's like a big Tina Fey fan. Um, I can, I can Tina think Fey. of a few. i would t- yeah. We're t- like no. I like Tina Fey. I think Tina Fey is great. Yeah. I think Tina Fey, Tina Fey, in a movie like Baby Mama, that really works and leans oh, into shit. her strengths. It like not every performer is everything. Like there are really amazing dramatic performers that you put them in a comedy and they sink like a log. So yep. I think it's like it's not that I think Tina Fey is bad. It's just that when you watch this trailer, you definitely are like, huh, huh, okay, that's uh, no, okay, okay. Like I I will probably see this one. But like I said, these <laughs> movies in general, I I do love Kenneth Branagh. These movies are not high on my list. Fair enough. <laughs> but I'm going to well, drag we, Shannon kicking and screaming to this next trailer. I'm going to tell you that right now.
0: <laughs> we, we, we get to that. We get to that.
2: <laughs> um, Haunting in Venice comes out
0: uh, September 15th. Right on. And our last trailer. Mm. There are some things when you're sitting in a movie theater and you watch a trailer for a movie and you're like, man, I know for sure I am not going to see that. And this next trailer is one of those for me. It's the first trailer for The Exorcist Believer. When this, star, I wasn't even like, I vaguely remember uh, David Gordon Green being linked to an Exorcist project. Um, again, because those aren't the types of movies that I see. I, I, it, it went in one ear and out the other. As the movie is starting and we see uh, Lamar, uh, or not, excuse me, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Leslie Odom Jr. Um, as the movie starts, I'm like, oh, Leslie Odom Jr. I like Leslie Odom Jr. What's this? Oh, these kids are lost. Oh, what's this? Oh, those kids, There's they they were gone in the woods for three days. They thought they were gone for a few hours. Oh, they've got some sort of connection. Oh, no. They're, <laughs> you're walking into a church and you're all bloody. I know where this is going. Um, yes, I have absolutely no desire to see this film, despite the fact that it does appear to be a Legale- uh, legacy sequel With uh, 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 Ellen uh, Burstyn uh, coming back. Um, I I think for fans of horror, this is probably right in your sweet spot. But that is a sweet spot that does not reside on me. So I'll throw it over to you guys. What did you think of our first look, The Exorcist Believer? Mikey, let's go to you. I know you're (laughs) stamping at the bit right now.
2: (laughs) I I gotta tell you, anytime that I see a horror movie with religious overtones, my very (laughs) first thought is bet i can get shannon to see this movie I and get him this piece. one when <laughs> you see a girl covered in blood walking down the aisle of a church toward the cross talking about blood of his blood i was like shannon must be clawing the theater seats right now he's <laughs> losing his shit like it is it hits all the marks i i, I think this trailer looks creepy as fuck In all the ways that I enjoy seeing a horror movie that makes me highly uncomfortable and freaks me out. Like, The Exorcist, the original one with Linda Blair, just nailed that, oh, here's a cute little girl that, oh, shit. And this one, they're like, you know what would be scarier than one creepy-ass little girl? Two creepy-ass little girls. And they just, this is like, this is The Exorcist Too Fierce, Too Furious. Like, this is what it is. And I, and I am in. I am ready. And I listen geek buddies leave the comments below what what do we need to do to get shannon into this theater so that oh, we yeah. can film a out of theater reaction with shannon to see how he did in this theater i want i want to make it happen wow. i want to sit next to him i think the last time that i enjoyed shannon and horn was it the descent where we all fell out of our chairs
1: we, yes, all, we saw the, the descent.
2: descent which was years ago Shannon got so scared he threw his popcorn straight up in the air and we all fell out of our seats. I want that experience again.
1: <laughs> did you go see it with, with us or did you not go see it? With no, me? I did, but it wasn't
2: as bad as the descent for me. Yeah, it, no, the descent's madness. Yeah. And yeah, also yeah. for Shannon, it's the, it's the religious horror. Yeah, right. It's Good the, point. Yeah. this is some devil shit and we're in the church. Like this is where Shannon gets very yeah. uncomfortable. Um, I certainly have an element of that
1: myself. I've grown up Catholic, and so when and uh, but The Exorcist is one of those films that was not allowed in my house growing up. We weren't I was not allowed to watch it. and Rosemary's Baby, those were the two films that I was not allowed to watch in the house. I had to watch them when I moved out and got uh, my own apartment and was able to watch them. So this film has carried a certain legacy. I went and saw the the uh, extended one that they released in theaters years ago with the spider crawl down the stairs, lost my shit when I saw that. So I did a reaction to this one earlier this week on, on my, and I was going insane when the girl walks in with the blood and the body, the blood and the body. I was slamming the desk because when you grow up religious, that sh- especially Latino, they the idea of demons, the idea of like God and all and, and the devil, that shit is deep within you. So when you see it done well, like in a trailer like this, it scares you, but it also excites you. I'm not like saying like, I don't want to go. I like to be scared. So I, I'm cool to see these kinds of things. But it does affect me when I watch them, for sure. And this one looks good, actually. And I like the approach. It's a smaller approach. It's not a big, grandiose approach. The original movie is a smaller approach. It's a 50-year anniversary. Bringing back Ellen Burstyn, 90 years old, by the way, still looks like she's got it going on in terms of aware of what's happening and acting and her talent. So bringing that kind of of history to the film, I think, is going to be real fun. And what's crazy is... One of the mothers is the lead singer for Sugarland, the country music band. So she's Jennifer Nettles. She's kind of, you know, moving into acting. So it's going to be interesting to see what we get out of all this, but I'm
2: excited. Sugarland, you're hitting all my early 2000s country buttons right now. I'm going to go listen to some music (laughs) after this. (laughs) This, What do you do after Geek Buddies? Watch The Exorcist and listen to some Rascal Flats. What a day. (laughs) What a day. I like Rascal Flats. So
0: appropriately enough, the Exorcist Believer comes out Friday the 13th
1: in oh God. October. It's Shannon, it's, I, it's happening. I know where I won't be. Oh. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. If, if I get an LA invite for this, maybe I'll, uh, I'll come up and I'll have to I, make sure we can get all three of us in there.
2: John and see. I are going to pull – I will drive the 80,000 miles to Woodland Hills to drag you out of your house – and drive yeah. you to a theater yeah. and sit you down. Oh, man, I'm so excited right now. This is this we is gotta, happening.
1: We got to pull the B A Baracus in A team. We got to drug his drink so we can get him into the
2: theater. <laughs> this will
0: psychologically traumatize me. <laughs> I bet sounds Chaney like would a fun. Sounds
2: there. like a fun Friday to me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um all right well let's move on uh, to our next topic here. Let's talk a little Barbie uh and um uh Oppenheimer box office. And just overall the Barbenheimer thing it's just been incredible to see the explosion of attention that both Barbie and Oppenheimer have gotten here um in our pop culture zeitgeist, right? I mean it's it's the Barbie film now has crossed 300 million dollars. It is the fifth highest they just had their fifth highest Wednesday Ever in warner brothers history only behind harry potter films and the matrix films and one of the hobbit or one of the lord of the rings films so pretty incredible stuff and then oppenheimer on the art side is doing incredible numbers it is already 69 percent better financially right now at the box office than dunkirk was at this time in its run so it's just been incredible to watch the reaction both of them receiving overall generally positive reviews more Oscar buzz, certainly for uh, Oppenheimer overall, because it's a classic kind of Oscar movie, but there have been talks about Margot Robbie for an Oscar nomination, Ryan Gosling for an Oscar nomination, Greta Gerwig for a director Oscar nomination, and possibly the movie, although I don't agree with that, possibly the movie as a Best Picture contender. So there is a lot going on here. Uh, gentlemen, what are your thoughts on all of this? Are you surprised by this? Is this been something to kind of actually really enjoy when all the world is falling apart around us? Uh, we can actually kind of sink into this. and doesn't give you a little more, like, hope for movies because these two films have come out and shown that people are willing to go to the box office, make it an event, and go multiple times. What are your thoughts on these things, guys?
0: I mean, you know, we had talked to before about the, the magic of Marvel's Phase 3 and yeah. how, like, by the end of Endgame, it was like, when is this going to happen again? We're going to get so many people wanting to see a movie and granted this it's a you know different animal it's the conclusion to a to a you know a three three chapters of a giant yeah, yeah, story right. but barbie is one of those things i mean the the a-list talent that it attracted what greta gerwig and noah Baumbach were doing the story that they were telling it had to it had to it had to be good to attract the names that it got right um and margot robbie ryan gosling um isa ray i mean like, I, I don't think Will Ferrell's necessarily the huge get because any funny movie, <laughs> if you want a bad guy, Will Ferrell's probably up for it. Um, but that type of that type of story, like it, it, it there had to be something there. Mm. And watching how people like uh, people are dressing up to go see it how it's you know my my sister texted me the other day about um, my friends all want to wear pink to go to Barbie I'm like absolutely do it I I think (laughs) that that only enhances your experience the amount of guys that are going with sweater with sweaters tied around their shoulders doing their best Ken impersonation I think this is this is a blast my wife and I I haven't seen Barbie yet my wife and I were gonna we're gonna try to see it last night at our local theater after she got off from work every screening was sold out not not bad seats sold out. No seats left. So, and that was a Thursday. So, it's, it, it's. I mean, I think it's awesome that it's happening. I hope people continue to go see it. <clears throat> I did go and see Oppenheimer. And honestly, like, I thought Oppenheimer was really good. I don't know if it needed to be three hours. But I did think it was really good. Um, I don't know if Oppenheimer does the business that it does if it's not opening against Barbie. Honestly, I think you know Good, you talk about you talk yeah. about counter programming how you right. you'll have this huge action movie and like ah we're going to release this this you know this you know this kid's movie this this sweet family film normally those sweet family films get decimated um but in this case where i don't know if we would call barbie a sweet family film but we call it, it's a very bright it's a very bright optimistic movie and mm-hmm. having Having this alternative, this, you know, grim picture of the guy who, you know, is responsible for the atomic bomb, um, who knew that it was going to get as many eyeballs on it as it did. Right. Um, so it's, it's one of those where phenomenons where the the programming actually worked. And I think Barbie would have done those numbers, but I don't think Oppenheimer would have done those mummies, would have done the numbers it did, if not, if not being a part of that big sort of Barbenheimer conf-
1: conversation. Yeah, here's a little context for you, Michael. First, uh, first of all, um, they came out with an article a couple of days ago that $5 million in ticket sales were c- attributed to Barbie for Oppenheimer, that all the Barbie screenings were so sold out that people came to the theater thinking they could just buy tickets. They couldn't, but there were seats available for Oppenheimer. So in that way, what Shannon is saying might have some validity as well. And looking at looking at the the prognostications by this Sunday, right now, the box office is predicting Barbie will have three hundred and forty six point three million dollars, which is right now more than the combined totals of Mission Impossible seven and Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny. Domestically, and those ones had one to two to three weeks of a head start on Barbie, so insane. And Oppenheimer, 178 million by the end of this weekend, craziness,
2: Mike. So we were all, as as most of you guys uh, and girls and others listening to us right now, know. Uh, Shannon and I were at Comic Con last weekend, so we didn't go Barbieheimer. Um, we absolutely would have had we been here. So I, thank God, one of my friends bought us tickets on AMC Stubs to go see Barbie on Thursday night. Because otherwise, I wouldn't have seen either this week. I saw Barbie last night in a packed, sold-out theater where all of us were wearing pink. um, (laughs) And it was amazing. Barbie's amazing. I was going to go with my brother, who loves Christopher Nolan movies more than anyone I know, to see Oppenheimer this weekend. And we can't. It is the second weekend, and there is not an IMAX theater in Los Angeles that is not... To Shannon's point, not full, not just the good seats, just sold out like there I there was once there was two seats available at a time that my brother couldn't go, and that was it like there's no other seats available, so I'm going to see Oppenheimer next week. I think Shannon's right. I think Oppenheimer was going to do good. I think yeah. Nolan. Despite everyone's concerns about Nolan post Tenet and how people feel about Tenet and whether Tenet was the fault of it's too complicated or it was the pandemic, Nolan has a following, and people were very excited. The people who are like who like Nolan were very excited about Oppenheimer. But I think Shannon is right. Oppenheimer got swept up in this Barbie zeitgeist. That Barbie trail, those first couple Barbie trailers came out, knocked everybody on their ass. Like, what the hell even is this movie? And then the fact that it was opening opposite Oppenheimer. The fan art, the Barbieheimer art online, like the memes, just all of it. It is. It has. It's taken on a life of its own, Um, and I think it. I think for good reason. I mean, you want. I mean, not to get super deep. I think people just got really thought it was very funny, and it is all very funny the way people are playing around with it. But having a movie that is a very male-driven movie about a time in our life where. One of the most destructive things in our history happened opening next to a movie that is this female affirming like this is how the hope dreams power like it's just such a crazy uh, extreme that there's just some magic that happened in it. And um, Yeah. yeah, and Shannon's right. Like, look, Barbie is not just, oh, they did a good job marketing it. The reason that we are at weekend two for both of these movies and they're sold out is because people went opening weekend for the fun of the Barbieheimer and came yeah. out of both of these movies and went and said to their friends, these are both really good movies. You got to go. I have so many people texting me saying, have you seen Barbie yet? I already went. I want to yeah. go again. Can I go to see Barbie again with you? I got people saying, oh, my God, Oppenheimer's great. You got to go see it. So, yeah, like it's, it's like we say, we go through all of these weekends where. Marvel movies have huge drop-offs. Mission Impossible has a huge drop-off. Everybody gets super concerned. Are people out of the movies? People are not out of the movies. When they wanna go, they are going in force. Um, And walking into a movie theater where it's absolutely packed and everyone is like giddy, excited. It's just, it's a great feeling. It just feels great. Yeah, Yeah. agreed. Yeah, I mean, same
1: thing. Uh, I've been trying to convince uh, the Lady Outlaw to go see Barbie she wants the Oppenheimer, definitely. Barbie is one that she's kind of on the fence about. But we I was looking at uh, trying to take her to some showings, even here in San Diego, with the smaller theaters and the bigger theaters, almost completely sold out. The only tickets are available, like way down in front or one to the side here and one all the way in the back here. So it doesn't make sense. So we might have to wait even through the yeah. second weekend to see both of these movies together. Um and so it's just but I but I think this is all a positive. I really do. And yeah. whether one one is helping the other or the other I don't I really don't care. It's just great that both of these movies are good to great and they're making all this money, right? Cuz we've seen movies that are not good that somehow catch the pop pop culture zeitgeist They make a lot of money and you can't figure Fast it. And out. The Furious <laughs> Aquaman. But then you, but then you look at something like this and you're like, "Wait, how the fuck is this happening?" But I like that it's happening. And I hope this is something. And I hope, to, well, you know, I hope against hope that Hollywood doesn't go, we need to do this again. I hope it's a matter of like, okay, you know, they will. It isn't all just about superhero movies. There are other things people are willing to spend money to go see different types of films. You have to make them good. And the marketing has to be smart. Because that's another thing. Warner Brothers marketing deserves a lot of credit what they did with Barbie. They tried to do that with Flash. They really knocked it out of the park with Barbie. So yeah, it's credit to them.
2: Sure. I mean, um, I look, I'll tell yeah. you right now, that Barbie movie, I it's very funny. It is yes. very, very, very funny. I did not expect to get choked up and shed a couple tears in a Barbie movie. And I yeah. sure did. Like yeah. it hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I was I, I'm very excited for Oppenheimer. I think I'm going to love it. I really enjoy Nolan movies. I think I'm going to come out and we will see hopefully sometime next week. I think Barbie is my number one over Oppenheimer. I think Barbie is one of the best movies of the year.
1: <laughs> I I I fought for your right to to have to say your piece on that there. Yeah, so you can feel that way if you like. Uh, but no, but no, but Barbie's a good movie. I'm not going to deny that Barbie is a good movie. Um, and look, what's even more fascinating is with Nolan, you get the prestige of Nolan. Nolan is the selling point. It isn't Killian Murphy right. or Emma. It's Nolan, right? So with Barbie. It's an interesting thing because Greta Gerwig, yes, with Lady Bird, yes, with Little Women, she was known amongst the bubble of independent movie lovers and blah, blah, blah. But she wasn't known fully on the, in the mainstream. Even her movies as an actress are these smaller independent type films like Francis on and whatever. But when you look at – and even Margot Robbie, if you look at Margot Robbie's um, resume in terms of the films where she's been the lead, those have not done well over the last eight years. Being a part of the Suicide Squad, that's an ensemble piece. She was one of the ones that stand out. So people knew her. Ryan Gosling, people know Ryan. So it's like those combination of factors here, but it's the Barbie brand overall that got people in the theaters and what have you. So it's just a way, it's an incredible mixture of factors that it both is, motivated yeah. both of these films to succeed. Yeah,
2: But I think, like... And look, I think... When I'm And we could do an entire episode about Barbie and why it worked or, you know, why people loved it. I'll just oh. say this because I know we have other stuff to talk about. But
1: review, uh, yeah.
2: one of the things that I think they... Greta Gerwig and the entire creative team deserves a lot of credit for is Mattel and people who have been trying to pitch Barbie movies for years have really struggled because Barbie is an iconic character who looks a certain way. yeah. yeah. And also... Barbie is guilty of uh creating unrealistic body expectations right. in girls. So there was the Amy Schumer version of Barbie that was being yeah. di- like they were always struggling with how do you do a Barbie movie that is empowering but also is Barbie but also and they they just they struggled and like Margot Robbie as Barbie as stereotypical Barbie uh the entire concept of this movie allows you to love Barbie for what she is and still make a commentary about all the things that aren't great about Barbie and, and elevates the entire thing. Like that's why it's one of the smartest movies of the year. Like it just, Mm -hmm. it knocked something out of the park that should not have worked at all. And it worked like flawlessly.
1: And if the three of us were ever to go back to college back in time, like if we three of us were in college now, we'd be seeing America Ferrera's monologue delivered by almost every, actor auditioning for generals like it would just it's one of those iconic that monologue monologue
2: killed yep like if you haven't seen the movie just know america ferreira is going to knock you on your ass like it killed that monologue was incredible um all right well let's take
1: a quick break and we're gonna jump into uh, one more topic and then get into our top uh, get into our main topic on lando right after this Hello, Geek Buddies fans. Before we jump into today's episode, let's give a warm thank you to our sponsor, Marquee TV. Their support is why we're able to bring this podcast to you. Marquee TV isn't just any streaming service. They're your gateway to an incredible world of arts and culture.
0: That's right, Johnny. I've explored Marquee TV, and I've been amazed by their vast library of performances, exclusive interviews, and behind-the-scenes content. It is a treasure trove for any arts and culture lover. Right now, I'm in the middle of watching the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of the Tempest, and I've also got my eye on that Shakespeare masterclass taught by Dame Judi Dench.
1: Yeah, Shannon, and speaking of the RSC, I watched Christopher Eccleston's performance of Macbeth last night, and I'm going to jump into Kit Harrington's performance of Henry V from the Donmar Warehouse.
0: Imagine having the world's most breathtaking ballets, dramatic theater productions, and magical operas at your fingertips. That's the experience Marquee TV offers, making the arts accessible wherever you are.
1: And we've got a special treat for our listeners. Marquee TV offers three- months of access for just 99 cents. That's right. Three months for only 99 cents with the code BUDDIES. B-U-D-D-I-E-S. Simply visit Marquee.tv and use the promo code BUDDIES to dive into the world of arts like never before. Bring the arts home with Marquee TV. Get three months for just 99 cents. Visit Marquee.tv to start your journey into the world of arts now. Use code BUDDIES. Explore the extensive library of performances
0: on Marquee TV today and keep up with the latest in art streaming by following at Marquee TV on social media. Doo do 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 do. Doo do 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 doo doo do. <laughs> Hi Barbie. Doo, doo, I can. do do do.
2: You can That's brush good. my hair, undress me anywhere. <laughs> um, all right. MCU, all right. MCU, MCU. Oh my. Uh Secret invasion has ended. Marvel's is coming up. We have gotten more information about the state of the Marvel Universe given the last few minutes of the season of the of the episode six finale. Um, spoilers ahead, so if you don't want uh, secret invasion MCU spoilers, go ahead and skip over to our main topic. But now that you've been warned, um, so we've all been tracking the state of Marvel, and even though secret invasion. Uh, if you check out our spoiler reviews, may not have satisfied fans for what they wanted out of secret invasion we now have a good bit more information about the state of the marvel universe as we move into marvels and eventually captain america brave new world um we have dermot mulroney as president ritson which is new information from secret invasion and given the uh events of secret invasion president ritson has decided that all aliens on earth are enemy combatants and need to get the F out, uh, thus setting the stage for more Marvel turmoil. Uh, meanwhile, um, Olivia Coleman's Sonia Fallsworth has teamed up with Amelia uh, Clark's Gaia, who now seems to be uh, both a super scroll and potentially the leader of the scrolls. And Nick Fury has mentioned that the Kree Empire might be open to some peace talks with the scrolls are they open to it are they not we know that we have uh another sort of ronan the accuser but female coming up in the marvels so maybe the kree aren't as interested in peace as nick fury has said and given the marvels trailer we have seen our villain um putting on a bangle that looks a whole light a whole lot like kamala khan's so um one of the big complaints in early phase four was that things seemed like they were all over the place so my question to you guys is knowing that um Thunderbolt Ross, a.k.a. Harrison Ford, a.k.a. probably a Red Hulk, is coming in in Brave New World to become president. Uh, where do we think things are going? How is Thunderbolt Ross turning to this, to this to his advantage? What's happening with the Scrolls? What's happening with the Kree? Aliens getting to get the boot off Earth seems like big news. Are they going to make it work? Are you excited? Do you not care? What do you think?
0: Well, uh, that, I mean, that it is does. A,
2: that, that, <laughs> that pregnant pause is what I think Bob Iger and Kevin Feige just pooped their pants a little bit. And they don't know why. But that pregnant pause really said all that you need to say.
0: <laughs> I
2: mean, the whole idea that the
0: Cree are open to uh, <laughs> peace talks with the Scrolls does kind of line up with uh, what we presume uh, Zowie Ashton's. Uh, uh, Motivation is going to be that mm. if she is like Ronan, the accuser, has no interest in, in making peace with the scrolls. So uh, the connection with the bangle that still remains to be seen. Um, going into Brave New World, booting all the aliens off. I'm not I'm not sure. I'll, I'll be interested how much they go back to this um because it is clearly very definitive from mulroney's speech at the end of uh episode six that this is a thing and as i believe john said in our review what does this mean for new Asgard? like these are these are beings that that helped in the defense of earth and the defeat of thanos and his army um i think perfect world on paper when you when you're kind of sketching things broadly I think this probably all makes sense, but when you get into the minutiae and the execution of some of the films, um, maybe things don't line up quite as much as they had anticipated. And when you look at the first three phases, you look at some of, some of those first three phases were happy accidents. Um, and I think when you have so many players on the board, um, the happy accidents thus far seem to be less and the stretching to make things connect um, seems to be a little bit more. And this isn't even getting into the whole multiversal war angle that we are going to touch on in Loki season two. So it seems like there are a lot of balls in the air and you know, one of the strengths of the first three phases is just in addition to them building to something big, there were some really good individual stories in there. And I think that's kind of what we're missing right now. Are yeah. those, are those good individual stories?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've said my, I think I said my piece on our review, which people can watch. It's up on the channel uh, and also on our podcast feed. If they want to listen to it, I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence going into the next phase of things. I'm really starting to turn on it and it, it, it breaks my heart and and I've defended love and thunder and I've defended quantum mania. I've been to one of the rare people to like both of those films, but you're, you can't deny this feeling that there's a lot of balls being dropped here and it feels like we're getting multiple visions slamming into themselves at once and it feels like Feige is stretched too thin. And, and it happens. He's a human being. It happens. Uh, it's not going to take away the incredible accomplishment that he did by landing the plane so well at the end of Avengers Endgame. But, you know, you can't win them all and you can't keep winning forever. Eventually, even Pixar... You know, anybody who's had a great winning streak in the entertainment business, eventually they start to uh, have some take some L's. And that's just how it works. And so it's sad to see it happening for me in the Marvel years. I, I mean, if the, the whole thing, the Cree thing is a lie, Nick is once again made to look like a fool. And so it's like, OK, let's do this again. So I don't have a lot of faith. And I it, it occurred to me last night, I almost sat bolt upright in my bed. I was like, well, what was the point of saving <laughs> President Ritson if yeah when I was, you know, but after like, you know. You know, I think of these things before I pass out, which is terrible. I was I'm just this picturing this you.
2: I was picturing you like snuggling into bed next to the Lady yeah, Outlaw, and then just sitting bolt upright and, and yelling Ritson.
1: I, did. I was cuddling with her. No lie, I was cuddling with her, <laughs> and I am just thinking about our review and how passionate we had gotten. And I was just like, so "Is there anything I missed?" And all of a sudden, the Ritson thing, and my eyes went like, Wing! like just totally wide open because I was like, "What was the point of even saving him, though? If he was going to deliver a speech like that." So in the end, it's like even saving him wasn't even seems like the right thing to have done because now he delivered an anti-racist, anti or sorry, a racist species type speech here that sends everything into disarray. And I just think 100 percent at the end of the day, the fact is the plot points aren't the issue. And Michael, I think you said this in our review. It's the build up to the plot points that haven't been done well. And that's the problem. It's not the matter of getting lining up the things that are supposed to connect. I think they are doing that for the most part. Well, the problem is leading to the logical thing, uh, plot points here, making them feel authentic so that you're invested in the journey so you can follow along to the next plot point. That's where the mistake is. So for me, that's, I don't have a lot of faith going forward in the Marvel universe right now, but I'm hoping that they do work it out and uh, I want them to work it out and us to be satisfied. And maybe the new changes with bringing more seasoned writers in, bringing back some of these more established directors, would be good, and also cut it the fuck out. Ali Salem today came out, and by the way, I said this on a review. I think Ali Salem should take no shit for this series. He directed it well, but he came out and said, "Well, the reason for these bad reviews is Marvel fans have these expectations, and we didn't meet their expectations, which is why they didn't like the show." No, nope. cut nope. that shit out. I'm so frustrated by that. Uh, Chloe Zhao did the same thing with the turtles. You guys just don't get my movie. Fuck that nonsense. You made a bad product. Own it. I know it's a hit to your ego, but that's the game, okay? So I just hate when people try to be like, it's the fans. You were trying to make it so fans could like it. Now that they don't, you're going to turn on the fans? What are you, a wrestling heel? What? It's nonsense, for God's sake. So
2: anyway. I cool. mean, I, I I know that I'm the minority out of the three of us, but I actually like the Eternals. And I think that there was enough people that enjoyed the Eternals that that's a, that's a solid debate on whether it is – Working or not. I think given the reviews, given the reviews and uh, given the kind of, at a certain point, you got to look at the tide of reviews and opinions and you can't just blame everybody for being a super nerd and who just wants it a certain way and you did it a different way and did your own thing. Like, I think we can all agree in the big scheme of things, Secret Invasion just didn't hit all the marks. I will be slightly more positive in that when you're at a point like this, like if you are Bob Iger, you are Kevin Feige, you are Marvel, and you're just sitting in a boardroom today, you're looking at Secret Invasion and you're you're being honest with yourself and you go, guys, work. It, it's not working. There's still good stuff. Like I, and I said this in our review on Secret Invasion, the idea of a uh, xenophobic president yeah. saying all aliens are not supposed to get the fuck off the planet. In a world where we now have a bunch of aliens and the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and all this stuff going on, that's a big idea. And big ideas are good if you run with them. I think what they did in Phases 2 and certainly in Phase 3, they ran with a big idea and yeah. just went all the way. So aliens needing to get off the fucking planet, big idea. The Korean scrolls trying to figure things out the only reason that actually gives me interest and excites me is that there is one character in the Marvel Universe that brings the scrolls and the Kree together. His <laughs> name is Teddy. He is gay. He is Wiccan's boyfriend. And Wiccan is going to be in Coven of Chaos. Like When you are looking at the things that Marvel is leading to that people are excited, it's X-Men. It's Fantastic Four. It's Young Avengers. And if all of this, the machinations of Gaia is now the Scroll Queen or the leader of the Scrolls, the Kree are open to things and it's going to drive us towards a hey, here's this kid who's half Kree and half Scroll and could be the Emperor of Space while America is like fuck aliens. Like there's big possibilities here. Like mm-hmm. they, Ooh, that's good, the, L- that's a- the L's and the W's, they've had a string of L's. All of us are a little uh, beaten up and tired about it. There is a path to a W. Like there is a path. Do I think they're gonna? Do I think they're gonna make it? I'm not as confident as I used to be. But there is like I'm sitting here looking at all the pieces, and there's enough interesting stuff with President Ross, aliens, Cree scroll, Ten Rings, Kamala's powers. Like there are enough pieces in here that are interesting, having nothing to do with Kang and the multiverse, that they can pull a W out of it. We'll see if they do. Okay, um, all right, well, let's take a quick break. We'll jump into our final topic here. And we'll,
1: see, of course, we'll monitor what happens. We'll be covering everything with the Marvel Universe as we go along with the buddies. Like We're right it's back. our job. <laughs> we we'll are right back right after this.
0: do 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 do
1: good all right we, we, we only have a few minutes because i know my man's got a, a, a heart out so let's jump into this thing uh this news broke from uh, my brother on the hot mic jeff snyder he broke it on above the line and then a couple of minutes later we broke it on our show the hot mic that uh stephen glover and uh don well donald glover and stephen glover his brother are coming in to write uh the lando series for disney plus justin simeon who is the director of haunted mansion uh, he was uh, in line to write it, but uh, apparently he stepped away from the project because of the extra reshoots for Haunted Mansion. The timing didn't work. But now there's a strike. They took this opportunity, I think, to just lock down Stephen and, Dan- and and Donald. And I imagine Donald coming back means he will be coming back as Lando. Um, even though some people pointed out he's older now than Billy D was when he played Lando, which I think is super relevant when people are talking about it. But Shannon, I'll go to you first, since you know we might lose you in, in a few minutes. Your thoughts on this whole situation do you like it do you, does it give you excitement we do have the writer's strike do you think it's going to happen Kathleen Kennedy brought in Lord and Miller knew what she was getting with Lord and Miller and kicked them off solo do you think Donald and Stephen might get might not make this happen with Lando and they were kicked off a Deadpool project years ago as well so what are your thoughts on this uh, Shannon when you hear the news
0: I think Kathleen Kennedy probably learned some valuable lessons in the solo the solo fiasco that looking, especially, you know, she, she doesn't have a crystal ball. Uh, but the fact that they went on and then made Spider-Verse, which won an Academy Award, I think there's definitely a little bit of hindsight being 2020. Like, ah, maybe I should have just trusted the people that that I hired. Um, so, But also, I think there are there are uh I don't want to say lower expectations, but I feel like there's less pressure with the Disney plus series versus a gigantic movie that you are, that you are hoping is going to launch a, uh, a, a fran- a new franchise in this, you know, global property that you have in star Wars. Um, you know, the whole, with Donald Glover and Stephen Glover, the, the, the Deadpool situation, yeah. um, you know, Donald Glover posted a little bit of his, you know, pseudo finale which was promptly removed from Twitter, but I'm sure if any of our audience wants to go and find it, the writing in that, and granted, it's a lot of commentary on the situation, but the writing in it, it was real funny. And and I think potentially, I think uh, Donald Glover and Stephen Glover could have written a very funny Deadpool series, but in the wake of the success of that movie, I think they were, they were trying to kind of figure out, like, all right, where, where do we want to go with this? Does this animated series potentially... Um, does this potentially take away from our movie? So you know what? Let's go ahead and get rid of that because you know it, it wasn't just them being kicked off. The project went away, like it yeah, just it's, no one it stopped being. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's a possibility that that it, it had less to do with them. I, I think it could they could have been a part of it, but it had less to do with them and more to do with like, all right, we have this new we have this new uh, tentpole franchise. We need to protect it. Maybe. Maybe an animated series would dilute it a little bit and maybe we're not seeing maybe we're not seeing the creative vision that these two have. Now, Donald Glover coming back to Lando, I think, is only a win. Um, You know, a a lot of folks have changed their minds on Solo um, from its initial kind of, you know, bomb release. Um, But no one could argue how good Donald Glover was in that role. And the whole Billy D comparison. Look, people look younger now than they did in <laughs> 1980.
1: It's you know, a harder time, man. I, I mean, I
0: think Donald Glover, I, I don't think Donald Glover's age is going to be any issue. Um, but I think more stories with him at the helm as Lando. I mean, you know, we always look about like what they should have done, what they could have done. It seemed like, man, maybe the Lando movie is what you should have done and not solo. Um, especially because, again, you have such a dynamic lead in Donald Glover. So I think potentially this is really, really good news. And also, you know, with the Disney Plus series, there is, you know, Bob Auger came back. like, and maybe we we did a little too much. The fact that they're still sticking with this one uh, gives me the hope that they're very confident about what this pair is going to produce.
1: Yeah, and Kathleen Kennedy said, Michael, that she wasn't going to do it until Donald was ready to come back. So clearly, even though with the strike... This has been negotiated. What are your thoughts on all of this?
2: It's interesting. You the, the one wrinkle I will add, and I don't know if I read this or somebody at FX told me this. So I, oh, cool. I I this is I don't remember where I heard this, and I probably heard it from somewhere where I shouldn't repeat it. But it's she, well, the one thing where I think Shannon's not quite right is I don't think that it was just like we decided not to do this animated series. I think that the issue, one of the issues FX was having, is like, hey, we wanted you to do a really funny comic book thing, and there's a whole lot of social commentary in here like you're really you're talking about a lot of big issues and we thought this was just going to be fun and and like when you read like they left for creative differences and when you watch Atlanta yes you're like I think I see what Donald Glover is interested in talking about when you listen to Donald Glover's music you're like I think I see what Donald Glover is interested in talking about and I think Atlanta so here's so like laying the laying the, the groundwork is we all know that Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm bring people on. And if they don't fit exactly with what they think star Wars should be, it doesn't seem to go well for them. Yeah. And that, and Shannon is right that I think that Lord and Miller lesson, if she didn't learn it, if, if Lucasfilm didn't learn that with Lord and Miller, it's kind of like, guys, maybe you should have let him do it. But Shannon's also right that whether you like, or don't like solo, Donald Glover as Lando is the one win. Everybody agreed that he was perfect. Like you, I hated the movie. I didn't like it. It was dumb. I thought he would, the guy was a bad Han Solo. Donald Glover was great. So (laughs) it makes sense that that Lucasfilm would be like, we know that Donald Glover playing Lando is a win with fans. Almost 100%. We want to bring him back. Donald Glover, post-Atlanta, I think has more power over telling the story he wants to tell. I don't see a world where Donald Glover starring, writing, and producing a Lando story doesn't somehow touch on issues in the star Wars universe that are yes. a little more, more, hot button than Lucasfilm might be comfortable with. Yeah. But I think Lucasfilm should let him do it. I think if you bring on the creative genius of Atlanta and put them in the star Wars universe and say, tell us a super fun story and how you want to do it. It, it is definitely not going to be just a straight, it's not going to be Mandalorian. It's not going right. to be, isn't this just a fun rollicking adventure? I don't know that Donald Glover is interested remotely in, in doing something where he doesn't actually say something, and that, as we know with Star Wars fans, it can be very divisive. Yeah. So will will Lucasfilm will Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm ultimately let him do what he's going to want to do? That's really the big question that I see here. I think if they do, I think it's it could potentially be huge for them and a big win.
1: Yeah, you both bring up some really fantastic points. I mean, this idea of it uh, of you know right and even Swarm is most recent one. Which Shannon didn't even know about at Comic Con. That's a, another example of his social commentary point of view. So, you know, we've got the big to "go broke, go broke" crowd that's screaming at Marvel or screaming at Disney right now for um, Elemental, which is quietly doing great at the box office. No one's even uh, the little the little
2: movie good. that could. The little movie that it's could is just chugging it's
1: just along. along. Yeah, it's incredible they're going after Star Wars, going after Marvel for all this kind of stuff that they they're doing. So it'll be real interesting to see how Donald Glover is able to tell his story. And I imagine you're right, Michael. He will have social... It's Lando Calrissian. It's a black lead in Star Wars. What are you going to tell in the story? So there's going to be stuff going on. Certainly droid rights was something that they tackled in Solo uh, through Phoebe Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character. Yeah, opening that door. So could be really interesting. But I might be inspired by this. And by that, I mean, look at how unique... Andor was, and if this is finally the promise that Kathleen told us at the beginning when she bought, when they bought the rights, that she would do something unique and different and groundbreaking and boundary pushing for Star Wars, and then they kept defaulting to this safe stuff, maybe as you said, Shannon, she's learning lessons for more than just Solo. Maybe that sequel trilogy too—that there's better ways to go about with Star Wars. Mandalorian was successful, great. Let's move on. Okay, Book of Boba Fett didn't do well, but look at Andor. Wow. It's getting nominated for Best Drama Series. Kanobi we may not have a hundred but likes it. It's nominated for Best dramas, And that's great. Okay, let's see what we can do here with Lando. So maybe finally we're opening the doors up to different points of views, unique creators' points of views, and expanding the um, the reach of Star Wars. And I think that would be great to finally see that. You know? That's yeah. my two points.
2: Jen, I think you're right. Look, I mean, the biggest wins... Yeah. Go ahead, Shannon. No, I, I, would, to... I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, okay. Is it, like, Sorry. The biggest, the <laughs> biggest wins. That you're, but you're right, though. I mean, like the biggest, not necessarily financially. I mean, the, right. the sequel trilogy did what it did. But like the biggest wins that they've had, sort of across the board, where everyone is like, "Yep, uh, Grogu." The, which yes. is a big swing. Let's let's create another Yoda character. I mean that that it doesn't seem risky now because it worked so well and we all freaked out and baby Yoda is now like the biggest thing that yeah. Star Wars has, but that was a big chance. Andor was a big chance. That is that is a slow, moody, no like big crazy haha funny alien action like it's very different and it was a huge win for them. And some of the other things they've done I mean, like, I would say that Obi-Wan Kenobi, even though I, th- I think there's some good stuff in it, um, I think when they sort of, like, let's just trot out all of our mythology and just retread some stuff, it doesn't work as well for them as when they boldly go into some new direction. So yeah. I hope they learn that lesson. I think, I think you're right. I think it could be really inspiring to see something that is totally different than we're used to seeing. So yeah. fingers crossed.
1: Yeah. Shannon, your you find a word on this? Do you think it'll happen? Do you think it won't happen? And uh, yeah. do you anticipate... Um, what do you think they'll be telling? What story do you think they'll be telling? I think that the world of Lando
0: is, it's wide open. I think it's, I think that's blue sky territory mm-hmm. um, because you have, you know, we know where he eventually gets to um, on Vespin, on um, but I oh, think there, there, are, pl- there are, there are many ends on, He ends up on
2: that Burning Man planet to help Ray and everybody in Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> that's where he ends up. <laughs> There, there are many paths
0: to where to where we meet him in Empire Strikes Back. And again, I think just leaning into that scoundrel angle that, you know, you already talked about from Comic-Con with Outlaws. I, I, was um, I think I think there's plenty I think there's plenty of fun to be had with the adventures of Lando Calrissian.
1: Yeah. Yeah. More ground-based type approach. And will Lobot show up or the beginnings of Lobot, which was part of the comic book series that came out a year or two. ago. Yeah. Which
2: was great. I was about I to say that. Yeah. that Some of the Lando comics are really, really fun. And Lando's relationship with Lobot was really great. So I think there's, there's a lot to pull from. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I think it's a great idea. Like, like as far as whether Lucasfilm does it or not given their past, that's really the big question. But if they do it, I this is one that I would be highly, highly excited for because I think Donald Glover's at a point in his career where he he's going to do what he wants to do. And if they don't let him do it, he'll be like, all right, I don't give a shit and he'll walk.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. All right, well, there you go. That's our episode of the Geek Buddies. Thank you all so much for joining us. We appreciate it madly. Uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell him?
0: yeah you would like to follow us on social media on twitter it's at geek underscore buddies on instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies if you'd like to follow me on social media on twitter it's at shannon underscore mcclung on instagram at shannon the geek buddy if you would like to follow mr vogel and tell him not to pressure me into seeing a movie i don't want to see it's <laughs> at mktoon. if you would like to follow mr roca and and give him some encouragement to uh, to talk our friend down from making them do something they don't want to do it's <laughs> at the roca says <laughs>
2: Yes. All right. Well, here's Michael? some other stuff that you can do. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, definitely hit the like button and subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. More importantly, leave your comments below and say, should Vogel be nice and not take Shannon to this movie or... Should we do this hashtag make Shannon see the exorcist? Leave your comments below. Uh, if you are following us uh, on a podcast right now, go ahead and leave us some comments and some stars to help us go up in the rankings. Maybe make those comments about hashtag make Shannon see the exorcist. And of course, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, and anywhere you do so, hashtag make Shannon see the exorcist. Just go across the board, let Shannon know that you uh. want this to happen, uh, and we would really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Let's get those hats out. Make Shannon scared again. Let's make those. Let's get those hats (laughs) (laughs) out. MSSA.
2: MSSA. MSSA.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all so much again. And we'll have a great weekend, y'all. And uh, we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here of The Geek (gasps) Buddies. Hey!